Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The NFL is kind of becoming a little hot stovey lately. You remember the old baseball MLB hot stove around the trade deadline? Oh, People yeah. just whipping players around from team to team. <clears throat> a record-setting 10 trades were made yesterday, according to Adam Schefter on really? NFL trade deadline day. I like this new Wild Wild West kind of NFL where you get some excitement around the deadline. Like, remember, like, in the past, the biggest thing you'd get was, like, an Arian Foster was traded a little bit past his prime to a team or something like sure. that. Like, and we kind of got that like issue. one thing or there two was, things. There was, there was something similar to that with the Marlon Mack and Zach Moss swap. Yeah, that's the trade you usually you saw to see. on a trade deadline. Yeah, something right, that made right. you go, oh, okay, that's interesting, but is it really going to mean anything? You, and not just on deadline day, there was trades made leading oh, up yeah. to deadline day. Last week? Landscapes have been changed mm-hmm. over the past couple of days, over the past week with these seismic kind of trades, and I love it. I'm here for it. And I think it's good business for NFL teams as well, because I liked how baseball, and like is a strong word when you're in Pittsburgh because <laughs> they've fallen in this trap way too many times, but I like how baseball knows a team in baseball knows we got to cut bait with this guy. We're not going to win with him now in his prime. Let's coop some draft picks for him and start our rebuilding process with a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. And I like to see football kind of walking down that path a little bit more now. You know, the Bears, <coughs> we're not going to win with Roquan Smith. We're not going to win with Robert, Robert Quinn, especially in his in his 30s, on the wrong side of 30. Like, we're not going to win with this guy. We're, we're too far away. Uh-huh. Let's get some capital for him and then send him to a team that actually does need him. And, I, and I when like, he was here in his prime, we kind of wasted. He we didn't went with him anyway. Right. But <laughs> I just like, you know, the the... There's not. There seems to be no longer this automatic thinking of, well, if we have a great player, we just got to keep the great player mm-hmm. because he's a bear for life, Roquan Smith. No. Sometimes timing doesn't work out, and players that are all pro caliber just simply aren't going to help you win or aren't going to be around when the team is in uh, shape to do a lot of winning. So get some draft picks, get some capital. I, I like the way that the tides are kind of shifting in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, clearly... It was record-setting, and <clears throat> I don't think that there was anything monumental. Like This wasn't the same thing as the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes and then he ended up I think the biggest Green trade Bay. happened last week with when McCaffrey. It was, okay, that's fair. I would say the second biggest as well was Robert Quinn. Ooh, I think Roquan Smith's a little bigger than Quinn. 
but we can debate that back and forth. Those I mean, it's, it's, two, it's two incredible players. Throw Bradley would, Chubb in there, I would. Too. I was just going to say throw That's Bradley Chubb trade. in there. It's a huge one because I think Denver kind of saw what the error of their ways with the Russell Wilson trade, and they, they said to themselves, okay, we're not going to win right now, and Bradley Chubb is good, and Miami is trying to win now, so let's get as much as we can back from Miami to kind of – Make up for all that we gave up for Russell Wilson, but yeah, I mean there were there were teams there were teams who kind of did. You know what's crazy, Tom? The I this was my initial thought when I saw when 4 p.m. passed yesterday. Buffalo went out and got Von Miller because they said to themselves, "We need to beat Kansas City." Yep. But then I saw teams like Miami go in and. They went and added Bradley Chubb, and I I said to myself, oh my God, Miami's going to try to beat Buffalo this year. They're not going to wait for a couple years, let Tua develop with Tyreek Hill. They're going to try to beat Kansas City. They want in that top top tier. Right now, there's two seats at the table in the AFC, the Chiefs and the Bills. They want that third Mm -hmm. seat badly. And right now, and we're going to talk about the, the results of the games and the power rankings and how that unfolded later today, but... With Cincinnati losing, I kind of feel like Miami is up there as that third best team. See, the thing that holds you back is Tua, and we saw a healthy Tua. He came back against the Steelers, right? And he mm-hmm. looks okay. But that's a long time off, three weeks off, and you're coming off of a concussion. He looked tremendous last week. If 5 we, and 0 when he starts and finishes a game for Miami. If we see that Tua, even just, you know, 75% of that Tua for the remainder of the year, they really could be that third best team in the AFC. And it's a lot not of, as far fetched as you think. No, but it it's really, not. It really hinges on him. Now. He's clearly the difference maker because a the offense operates better, and b and we saw this uh, when the Steelers played against them on Sunday night, and people saw this last week when they had that comeback effort against Detroit. The team rallies around him. He is he is not just a quarterback there who has talent. He's the leader of he's that team. He's got the team. locker room. He, yeah, he's got right. the franchise, really. Yeah, as he long does. as he performs now, he'll be a decade cornerstone kind of mm-hmm. foundational piece. And all the skill in the world with that guy, his accuracy is just incredible. Weaponry around him is, is immense. I love that Mike McDaniel keeps picking into the uh, – San Francisco 49er running back well. Did you see they also traded and added Jeff Wilson from the Niners roster? I did, which was a really smart move because they have no need for him They don't him need whatsoever. him anymore, and yeah. McDaniel's probably like, I don't remember uh, working with that guy in San Francisco. He well, now they decent. have two. Mostert and him, yeah. Two San Francisco running backs. So he likes dipping in that well. Well, I think the biggest sign that the tides are kind of changing in the NFL is one of the franchises that never does things like no. that jumped all in on this yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, folks, that's your Pittsburgh Steelers. Chase Claypool, Chicago, second-round pick, back to Pittsburgh. I got to say, very surprising because, in a way, this is kind of like waving a white flag on the season. You're basically saying we want to look towards the future, Mm -hmm. and a second-round pick is more valuable to us right now. Excuse me, right now. Than Chase Claypool is. is. Being Um, available to Kenny Pickett on the field. Does that mean I think that— Mike Tomlin's going to go into every game and think that they're going to lose or they're going to start tanking for a better draft pick? No. I bet you that coaching war room is going to put together a game plan that they think will win every single Sunday moving from here on out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's what their job is. The job of the front office is to maybe move on from a couple of players that you know you don't really need and to realize that despite you wanting to win as many games in the present day, 
having an eye on the future might be more um more it, it might be more realistic to do than trying to win now and i gotta say trading claypool yes you take a weapon away from kenny pickett mm-hmm. But the second I saw the return, being a second-round pick, I really did not feel anything but pride in the Steelers pulling the trigger of this on this move. Can we just I think Omar it's gone? I think it's a great move. I mean, uh, Chase Claypool, second-round pick. So at the very worst, you're just getting back the pick that you used a couple years later. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bears are going to stink for the remainder of the season. I don't see them really getting any further back from a top 10 pick in any given round. So now you're talking about a pick at like maybe number 37, maybe number 38 mm-hmm. to start that second round. So could the Steelers find themselves with a couple of picks in that top 45? I think it's possible. And if you get three picks in the top 45, which you're 2 0 and then the Bears won in the second round, that's how you really expedite a rebuild process. Yeah. And again, the Steelers, we don't know what their stance is. 100% on this season, right? You could say that by trading away this Chase Claypool, shows a little bit of their that hand. they're trying to say, okay, we're not all in on this year. Two and six, not the easiest hole to climb out of. I saw Dale Lawley tweet out yesterday. The Steelers had the hardest schedule of any team through the first eight weeks, but they had the 20th easiest, or I'm sorry, the, the 20th in terms of strength of schedule. Uh, so, like, is that a top 12 easiest, right? Mm-hmm. 20th hardest uh, strength of schedule for the remainder of the of the nine games they have yet to play. So, people could say, well, you, you, you could bounce back. You could make a playoff push. But I agree. I think with, with trading away Chase Claypool, it's not necessarily saying we're tanking, we're, we're done, we're, we're, we're going to rebuild for years to come. This is just saying this year we kind of can look ourselves in the mirror with an honest opinion and say – this isn't the year. This really was a growing pains kind of year. Get your rookie quarterback acclimated. I saw the argument um, <clears throat> a lot yesterday saying, well, you could have at least hung out to Claypool for the remainder of the season, get Kenny a little more acclimated, have some talent around him for the remainder of his rookie year, and then you trade away Claypool and you could possibly use that. You could use your top three picks, your, your first round and your two second rounds with with with. Guys, probably in the trenches or in the secondary is what a lot of people are targeting for the Steelers right now. And then use your third-round draft pick or fourth-round draft pick on a receiver, of which you do so well already. And then you can fill that hole with Claypool. But I understand why the Steelers want to make this move now. Probably, Tom, the market for Claypool after these last three weeks was at its highest it's it's been for a long time. Right, probably since it's the highest it's been since his rookie year because he didn't have the best sophomore year, didn't have the best start to his third year. But these last three weeks, Tom, he's really come out and shown how tough of a player he is. So this was clearly the the right time to make that move. And I have no problem with it. And it's going to be tough to say goodbye to a guy that you did spend a second-round draft pick on already only three years ago. But that's just kind of how the NFL works now, clearly, because A— you see how many trades were made, as you pointed out. Was it 10 was the number? Yes. 10 was the number yesterday, uh, the most ever in league history. And you see the turnaround uh, for, or the turnover for wide receivers in the league. Wide receivers is the easiest position to to reload in, 
in this league. So sad to see Chase Claypool go because you really liked him coming out of Notre Dame, and it was the surprise uh, pick for the Steelers in 2020 when people thought they would be targeting running backs that year. Yep, J.K. Dobbins specifically. Right, because he was he was still available on the board. Uh, but they went with Claypool, and he, we know how great of a rookie season he had. And you've been kind of hoping that he could return to that level ever since. But that's just the again, that's just the way the league works. And here the Steelers are now in prime position to have three fifty picks. What is it? Three in the top forty six? Yeah, I mean, like it, it obviously depends on the Bears continuing to stink and the Steelers not doing that great. So mm-hmm. they themselves can get, you know, a top Even ten higher, pick and yeah. then a top ten pick in the second round as well from their own merit. So yeah, I think it's realistic to say because I, I don't think the Steelers win much more than three three or four games. I, I, I think the Bears are kinda in that same boat. So I think it's realistic that in the top 45 picks, you're going to have three of them, which is rare for the Steelers. I mean, you sometimes get one pick in the top 50 for the Steelers, and that <laughs> comes in the later part of the first round, right? You're you're looking That's at what like, happened with the Minka year when you traded your first round pick. Well, that, but even on a non-trade year, you're looking at the, getting, 24th, the 24th, 25th overall pick, 22nd, and then you're picking like 51st yep. or 52nd or 55th. So there's two picks like in the top 60. Compared yeah, to three right. in like the top 45, 45 even maybe yeah. three in the top 40, depending on how bad these two teams Both are. Both teams do, yeah. But yeah, now the season, I mean, root like hell against the Bears, Steelers fans. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's after a trade like have this, them you, lose have, out. You, yeah. you want them to lose every single game that they play and help you make really that quickly, second round pick better. Do you want to see how likely that is? I think they got a couple winnable games on their schedule. Let me look at it real quick. But they, they are a team in Chicago that, has just completely stripped their defense. Oh, well, yeah. They are also not in the same boat as the Steelers, but they are are shedding pieces. I I think it's nobody's business. If they're going to steal games, it was running the football on offense and playing good defense, and I don't know if they have the defense to do that anymore. No, they clearly do not. Not without Smith, not without Quinn. Mm -hmm. Although Quinn wasn't playing amazing for them this year, but I— Smith was leading the league in a tackle. I would be be shocked if Quinn doesn't have an explosion onto the scene because he strikes me as a guy— that is I, still good, but kind of like I'm in Chicago and I'm stuck in neutral. Now he's in Philly. Mm-hmm. Now he's on the undefeated team. He's gonna win. He's got a Super Bowl on his mind now. I bet you you see an explosion of play from him. I don't see a guy who had 18 and a half sacks last year. This only, year, no, last year. Oh, uh, uh, because he had, this year has one. So no, that's far, what I'm saying. Yeah. Who had 18 and a half last year and only has one, and it's gonna teeter more to what? Three sacks on the year total, especially now when he's playing in he Philadelphia. He might not be that eighteen sack guy. Did I, did I say guy? that Robert Quinn was the bigger move? I must. I'm. I probably meant Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. Yeah. So, I don't think he will be the guy. First of all, the line in Philly is so good and full of so many rotational pieces that he won't get enough playing time to get those kind of numbers. But I'm not saying he's going to be eighteen sack Robert Quinn again. Maybe that was his high water point last year. Mm-hmm. And he'll start to come back down to earth. But I agree with you. He's better than the one sack he's got this year. And, yes, way and better. I, I, I could see a Von Miller kind of thing happening where he go like he just Von Miller kind of spinning mm-hmm. his tires in Denver. People kind of forget about him, right? They're like, oh, Von right. Miller's great, but is he past his prime Hall of Famer MVP? But that that all of his great years are behind him. Goes to L.A. and just reawakens his career. I could see a little bit of a similar thing happening with Robert Quinn here in Philadelphia. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially when you join that team, because I think at this point last year, the Rams, everyone wasn't saying, oh, the Rams are the Super Bowl favorite this year. Right. 
The, the Eagles are the lone undefeated team. They just added a guy who had nearly 20 sacks last year. And I agree with you. I think it could be a, a, a Von Miller kind of effect to that team where they just get better. Von Miller to Buffalo. I think you don't even have to say Von Miller to the Rams. You just say Von Miller to Buffalo because that's more recent and also just as appropriate of an analogy to use. But yeah, you weren't looking at the Rams last year saying they're the runaway favorite to win that to win the Super Bowl because there were teams like at the time, this is last year, the Buccaneers were still relevant. The Packers were still relevant. And then you also had on the AFC side of things, the Bills and the Chiefs. But right now, people are still saying that Philly is the best team in the NFL, even before Roquan Smith got there. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. So put yourself in the perspective of the Bears for a second. Why do they make this move? Because I think they... In a lot of ways, like the Steelers need as many draft as much draft capital as they can get as well. Is this kind of the I don't want to paint Claypool in this kind of light as his, as a receiver, but is this kind of that go out and get Tyreek Hill, go out and get AJ Brown, get your young quarterback a weapon at the wide receiver spot? Like I, I'm not saying that Claypool is those two guys, and it's not to that extent, but is it the thought process of? We need to get a legit wide receiver in here for Justin Fields' development because right now all of our wide receivers are below the line. And here's a guy in Claypool who has number one wide receiver potential, had a really good rookie year, and hasn't really recaptured that since. Let's get him in a change of scenery. Let's get him into an offense where we tailor it around him being the number one wide receiver, the number one target, at least for now, Mm -hmm. for Justin Fields. It's got to be that kind of thinking, right? I'm not saying that it's a right move, and I'm not saying that that's the wide receiver you do it with, but that has to be their line of thought, that they're going to use a, a, a high pick in the second round to guarantee themselves an NFL-ready wide receiver, one, for their young quarterback to develop with. It, it has to be that. Rather than, than just keep wait picks, until the draft, get a rookie yeah. next year and see if he Who develops. you don't even know, you don't know nothing about what he's capable of doing at the pro level. Yeah, so I guess it's the kind of opposite effect of what the Steelers were doing with Kenny Pickett, right? Where people were saying you could have kept Pickett or you could have kept Claypool to along. keep around to keep around Pickett, just have that talent around him and then trade him after the season is over because you can move forward with just Deontay Johnson, um, George Pickens and whoever's left over, whether it's Miles Borkins or Anthony Miller, whoever, and be okay. You could be happy with it. Uh but I guess the Steelers, or I'm sorry, the Bears went with the opposite. They needed someone who they could rely on. And like you said, he's not in that tier like Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill, but he's talented. And now he's a three-year vet, and he was having the best portion of his season in these last couple of weeks. So it, he could have had the hot hand. And and like we know, it in, in, in Chicago— the receivers are really no names. They're I mean, nobody. Darnell Mooney is the only one I can think of. That's the guy they were hoping would be a good and has not done not anything. Been. So I, I kind of get their line of thinking there. Just question if it's the right guy. But hey, if I'm the Steelers, I'm glad you thought he was the guy because I didn't think there was any realm of possibility that they would get a number two for Claypool. Right, I thought everyone three was, was saying be the three, highest. maybe even four. 
I think I saw somebody speculate that they're not going to trade him because they're hearing like fifth, sixth. Yeah, like, and that's just that's way too low rumors. for a guy who was a second round pick only a couple years ago. But hey, you know, just like in the MLB of of yesteryear, you get closer to that deadline, teams get a little bit more antsy. You know? <clears throat> yeah, maybe a fourth turns into a second. Because mm-hmm. they just want to get that player so desperately before the uh, deadline window passes. Wasn't the only move that the Steelers made yesterday, though. No. They traded a conditional seventh round pick to Wash, or excuse me, a conditional sixth round pick in 2025, <laughs> three years from now, in to Washington Commanders in exchange for cornerback William Jackson the uh, third. I don't see this move to me is definitely as far as you know. Claypool being topic A, this is like topic B, maybe C. Yeah. Because I think this helps a little bit now in a secondary that's really injured. And mm-hmm. even the guys that are healthy, I mean, a couple other got benched on Sunday. So right. like even the guys that are healthy aren't exactly playing to the standard. So you get another body in the room. You get a veteran body in the room. You get a veteran body in the room that Mike Tomlin liked when he came out right. of college <laughs> as a first-round pick way back when for Cincinnati. But he's 30 years old. He's never made an All-Pro. He's never made a Pro Bowl. Uh, very average NFL defensive back mm-hmm. in his best days, and I think those best days could very well be behind him. So you is this a move a, for the future? I don't know. There wasn't an upgrade. It was just no. another body in the locker exactly. room. Exactly. Just another body. Um, maybe it's an upgrade over Josh Jackson. You know, maybe yeah, it's right. that kind maybe of Maybe you don't have to rely on Josh Jackson whenever your guys but get you hurt. But you didn't just get... DB1. You no, know you what did I mean? You, you didn't just get your next Joe Hayden here. So I I understand you need a, as many bodies as you can. I think Washington was going to get move on from him anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was their vibe. And you got so, you gave so up you throw so little pit, anyways. Yeah, so you hear that they're going to move on from him and you like the guy. Hey, I don't want to compete with 31 or 30 cuz you're not going to be with them Washington, but I don't want to compete with 30 other teams to try to get this guy. Take this 6th round pick in 2025. The conditional pick, mind you, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe throw me back a seventh round pick in that same year as well, and then give me Jackson off your hands. So, you know, I I get the move, and it costs you absolutely nothing. The interesting thing is, though, if the Steelers were to pick up his option next year, mm-hmm. he's owed twelve point five million dollars. That's a lot to pay a thirty yeah. year old corner on a team that's in that rebuilding phase, like. You want me to pay $12 million to a 30-year-old corner when the team is on the precipice of winning playoff games and maybe they just need secondary help? I'll throw that money into the middle of the table all day. You're just not there yet as far as your team no, build is concerned. No, and you, unless he has a Joe Hayden, but not Joe Hayden when he first arrived in Pittsburgh because people remember it took him a, a year or two to really – elevate his game back to his prime years in Cleveland when he arrived in Pittsburgh. 2019, 20, yeah, 2019, 2020 were really his prime years when he was playing as a Steeler. So unless right out of the gate, Tom, he plays like Joe Hayden did in those prime years of his second and his, uh, and his, with his second team, then I don't see the Steelers spending that much capital, that much money on a guy who's, as you said... He'd have to really wow in these next days. That's what I'm saying. He's got to be... He's got to play the best football of his career to earn that money. And considering that, so far, the comparisons you've heard are guys like Akella Witherspoon or Trey Norwood. I know, different position, but in the secondary. That kind of caliber, right? You're not getting an upgrade. You're just getting an extra body in that locker room for a defensive back. I don't think if that's a play that you're going to get out of him, it's serviceable because he'll be coming off the bench. 
You won't have to go to a Josh Jackson like you mentioned, but it's not going to be enough to earn that $12.5 million. Yeah, I don't think so either. So uh, I, maybe this is just a eight-game, nine-game stretch with the Steelers for Jackson. Uh, but, again, nothing really to comment on with that move other than you short up your defensive back room a little bit more by adding a veteran presence. And you know maybe your, your fourth-string player got a slight upgrade by bringing him into the fold. But it's not as major as the Chase Claypool move, that's for sure. And... Looking at the Steelers now without Chase Claypool in mm-hmm. these uh, games after the bye week, you know you got Deontay and you got Pickens. I mean, those are a clear one-two punch that you have now. Uh, I think Fryermuth over the middle is just going to get yep. more attention now. Absolutely, there's no one to take it away from Claypool. But I know it's not about wins and losses. I know it's about developing your quarterback, and I know it's about having an eye on to the 2023-2024 seasons. But who steps up in that spot now mm-hmm. for Claypool? Because you got hey, you got to go out there on Sundays and play the games, mm-hmm. and you're gonna you're gonna try to win because it's Tomlin's DNA and that's the Steelers' DNA. So, is it Boykin all of a sudden that emerges more in the slot? Are we gonna see a little <laughs> bit of Gunner in the slot? Th- this is where you really are disappointed that Calvin Austin was not able to not get, off, get off of IR. Mm-hmm. And I believe I saw Mark Caballi tweet he had surgery on his foot. So uh, that yesterday, was uh, obviously you go mm-hmm. that route once you put him back on IR. Right, right, activate right. Him. So. Uh, th- this would have been a time for him to really shine. So I feel for that rookie for just not being able to stay healthy uh, in his rookie season. That's always dangerous to get hurt as a young player in the NFL. Sure. To not even be able to get on the field as a rookie. I, I mean, you're already starting behind the eight ball massively when you come back for your sophomore season. Yeah, absolutely. And you just hope that this isn't something that defines his career. Just can never get healthy, never got his shot in the NFL. Especially for the Steelers' sake. I mean, you want you don't wish that upon anybody. But for the Steelers' sake now without Chase Claypool, as you mentioned, puts a lot more emphasis for opposing defenses to focus on just Pickens, just Deontay, and just Fryermuth. Yeah, I mean, those are the only real weapons that yeah, scare yeah, you. Yeah. Um, Claypool was playing really well this year, too. and He was. I think he was one of the Steelers that showed a lot of that fight. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why he was a target for people like the Bears. Because they looked at him and they said, you know, this is a struggling pass offense. Kind of like ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. But this dude gives 110% every game. You know, this is a guy that we can bring in and feel comfortable with him growing with our young quarterback. Because he's been growing with a young quarterback and Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett uh, for six games so far this year and a new quarterback in Mitch Trubisky. So maybe his, you know, compete level really shined to a lot of teams, to the Bears when they picked him. I don't know, but it's going to be a different – or it's going to be a missing element in this Steelers offense for sure. I mean, hell, there's only two wide receiver touchdowns on the season so far for the yeah. Steelers, and Claypool's got one of them. So, right. And, and he threw for another and he's got a pass, so, right. I mean – He's been one of your bigger contributors for the little offense that you've had. Eleven's been kind of at the center of it. So definitely going to be missing a wrinkle of it. I think, I mean, you could say that George Pickens is the most talented, most explosive player you have in your offense right now. But in terms of contributor, especially over these last few weeks, Claypool's been number one. I think so too, and now he's gone. Yeah. But But again, maybe that's why you got... You got your price from the Bears because, because of how you sold at the lately. right time. Right. You sold yeah, at the right time. I think they did sell at the right time. I agree. Too. And very interested to see how they use the draft capital that they were able to coop uh, for him getting a nice second round pick that should be in the top half of the second round because the Bears stink. I mean, yes. No need to sugarcoat that. Before we wrap up, 
I'll let you throw in the trades that happened before the deadline as well. Who do you think won trade deadline in the NFL? It's San Francisco. It's San Francisco. I think they can. You add Christian McCaffrey to a, Kyle, to a Kyle Shanahan offense. What do you get? Maybe a touchdown pass, a receiving catch, a receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown all in the same game from Mr. McCaffrey. Did you know Kyle Shanahan's dad coached McCaffrey's dad? I think I did hear that. <laughs> How many times are you going to hear that from now until the end of the season? But I, I mentioned we'll get to our power rings in the next episode. We can talk a little bit more about this. But I, I mentioned earlier this week, Jacob, I look at the NFC. And after the McCaffrey trade, if healthy, I think the Niners are the second best team behind the Eagles. In the NFC. In the NFC. I would say Dallas is still number two. Dallas is still there, and you could definitely make that argument. But I am very impressed with what the Niners are now. And health is a big thing. And no love for your Vikings either, huh? They're... They're the Vikings. I mean, not, <laughs> no one trusts it, uh, listen, the Minnesota Vikings. If a if a seven loss, a ten and seven Niners team went into a fourteen and three Minnesota, you trust team, the Niners. I'd probably trust the Niners yeah. to win that game. And I'm that's just, what's going to happen too, probably. Very injured team though, not just with McCaffrey, but across the board, they've had injury problems for years. It yeah, seems. Bosa was dealing with a groin injury earlier. Yeah, this they're year, still doing yeah. it this year, but for the most part, they're healthy. And when they are up to you know fully operational status. They're they're you could have borderline elite when it comes. You to could that. have put Trey Lance back on that offense as bad as he was in Week One, and just add Christian McCaffrey, and you're saying, "Yep, that's one. Of, that's going to be one of the best offenses this year." Number two, though, sneaky. I'd, I'd give it to the Dolphins for getting Bradley Chubb, getting that extra. No, pass I agree. Rusher. I agree, but I think the McCaffrey thing. Yeah, because you think for both teams, you think for for Miami and San Fran, you think of offense. So I credit. I credit. Um, well, actually, no. It's different because I think for Miami, you think offense. For San Fran, you, you, you think both. You think the both. offense is ridiculously schemed up, but the defense is one of the best in football. So, the, so maybe that's why I got to even more so give credit to San Francisco because I mean, now they're just both elite. Let's on just call both it like ends. it is. San Francisco has yeah. got a roster that could jump into that top tier. They do. It just depends if they execute, and the quarterback's a big question too. Right. Subscribe to SNR's newest podcast. The godfather of Pittsburgh sports is talking nothing but Steelers. It's Savern on Steelers. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday. You can subscribe today. It's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's Wednesday. We're going to do some power rankings next. Top 10 teams according to us in the NFL for Week 9. He's Jacob. I'm Tom. And this is the Steelers Standard. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.